right, we are on Tell Me About It, episode 12. This episode's guest we shall call Corporal Whiskey. Whiskey has about 10 years of experience with the Canadian Army. He worked on the field for eight years as a vehicle technician and is now working in a full-time HR administrative role. He also has a pending transfer in with the military police right now. Whiskey is going to tell us all about his personal experiences as well as answer our questions. I got some real good ones, so I'm excited and thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. So I'm just going to start by asking you like when you enrolled and what made you decide to enroll. So I enrolled June 2010, so right after grade 11 had finished going into my grade 12 year. As for why, well that's a million dollar question I guess. There's a number of reasons, but the biggest reason at the time I guess was I needed a job uh, and a solid part-time one. I wasn't getting any luck applying to sport check or any of the normal places that all my buddies in high school were getting so I remember at a career fair the Canadian Army Reserves was having a booth I went up to it they asked what my hobbies were and they suckered me into signing the dotted line I guess and how did your family react when you told them at first I thought it would come off as a bit of a shock to my parents but we actually had a family friend of ours in Vancouver who went down a similar path. He went through the Royal Military College of Canada and went through his basic and all his military courses through that university. So my parents had some a base level, I guess, of understanding of how the military was, and they heard nothing but good things about it. So, of course, they were concerned for safety and possible deployments and, oh, will I ever see my son again, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, after a couple of years in, they eventually got on board and they understood it's a, it's a pretty good go. That's good. Um, so you were a vehicle technician on the field. Can you tell us kind of like what exactly you did out there day to day? Yeah. So the start of my training kicked off summer of 2013. So that was right after my first full year at university. I, was, I did most of my training out of Borden, Ontario. The, the first course was two months. It was a split course, so you did your general maintenance. You learned about general engine theory, cooling systems, electronic systems. But then at the same time, the split course was learning how to be a maintenance recovery team commander. So that's kind of the tactical part of being a vehicle technician. Not only do you know need to know how to fix vehicles, you also need to know how to recover them and make your way to them in hot zones or areas where they aren't usually friendly forces. So I've been doing that since 2013, I guess, officially. And when I'm back in Calgary, I worked on the shop floor here at Curry Barracks. We were responsible for all of Southern Alberta. the Green Fleet, Blue Fleet. So I did small things from oil changes to tire changes to changing out turbos and big 10-ton trucks. And where were you stationed for the most part, or was it always changing? So as a reservist, uh, we don't get posted out often, thankfully. Um, we take this originally as a part-time job. So I was based out of Calgary for most of my career. I was a full-time student uh, for the bulk of my career as well. So the military was a part-time ordeal throughout the academic year, and then come the summer is when I usually went away. Um, my training's taken me as far east as Ontario, as far north as 
northern Alberta, I guess, and as south as South Dakota. Did you ever think that you would last, like, doing this for 10 years now? I absolutely did not. If you asked me this question (laughs) when I was about to put in my application, that was a definite hard no. I kind of saw this as a stepping stone uh, as to where I want to be eventually when I grow up. But uh, the connections you make throughout the the course of your training, wherever you go, the friends you meet, the, the stuff you even do kind of latches on to you. A bit of, I like to call it Stockholm Syndrome. Mm-hmm. It's not always the greatest work, and at times it really sucks when you're not getting sleep and you're sleeping in the, the wet and the mud, but you do it for the guy or girl beside you. And at the end of the day, when you pass that course or you complete your mission, it's always satisfying. And what would you say was, like, the biggest shock or surprise to you when you joined the Army? I think the generic answer is basic training. Uh, I grew up in a very, a really good household, I guess, to say, uh, where there's a lot of nurturing. Parents were always super supportive. and I had issues, they would like, comfort me, hugs and kisses and all that good stuff. Uh, basic training's not that, especially at that time in 2010 in Edmonton. You, you're forced into a group of people. You have no idea. Uh who they are, what they do, where they come from. You're just forced into this group. You're stuck with them for the next five weeks if they stick with it. And you're given a whole bunch of tasks. You have to learn a whole bunch of uh, information. Yeah. And if you don't mesh well with the team, the whole course comes down. So I guess the giant culture shock was a big, was would be my answer to that. How many women would you say that you have worked with? Maybe like percentage wise. In more recent years, I, I want to say it's about 40 or so, especially in this uh, HR position. Um, mm-hmm. As a tech, I've worked with maybe two or three uh, sound like uh, trained techs. Yeah. But in the administrative position, I've come to work, come across working with a lot more females. And I've also seen our numbers, at least in our unit, grow in techs, in correction trades outside of an administrative position like for example we have a trucker driver position mm-hmm. and that's uh bolstered our numbers especially in females just remembered someone at work asked me today like what the food is like when you're out on the field <laughs> well it's not what you would see in full metal jacket that's for sure uh you know what in canada we're pretty lucky our our MREs are meals ready to eat or IMPs is what we call it. They uh come they come pretty loaded. We get chocolate bars with snacks. Uh I've had chicken pesto pasta in a compressed pack. Um <laughs> breakfast at eggs, bacon and hash browns in a compressed pack. You get the heater bag in. Once you warm it up it's all good. Um sockeye salmon. It's yeah, it's it's not too horrible. A little hard on the digestive system after a couple of days of it. I'll tell you that but yeah it's not too bad not bad not bad um and how would you say like the media represents the army and like movies and tv and whatnot would you say it's totally false or like somewhat accurate i think to a varying degree it's somewhat accurate uh, but a lot of stuff too is hollywood right um the best way i could describe it would be is for people to experience it 
the I know YouTube has a bunch of Canadian basic training videos that are available to the public to watch. Our basic training is a little different than what you see in the American films. At least my opinion on that is is that. Uh, but the whole it's not the whole full metal jacket thing anymore I'll tell you that much yeah totally do you think like would you say that it's kind of difficult or hard coming back and then finding like a new career or a related profession I think that mainly varies on the character Mm -hmm. Um, more than the position being in the military itself it's all about what you want to do right and the reserves though the biggest goal is the biggest I guess intent is that this is a part-time job and you you're trying to maintain a full-time career or you already or you have ambition to maintain uh, to somewhat get a Mm -hmm. a full-time career going Uh, that was kind of my ambition at first too is my goal is to be be a cop a city cop at least Um, and I was using this as a stepping stone but throughout my time in and learning about the different branches in the military and using my degree to further move up in it uh, into these branches I'm starting to find that you know maybe committing to this full time maybe sign the dotted line again mm-hmm. for a longer term might be worth it but it, it all depends on what you want to do what your goals are at the right. military does provide a lot of applicable skills to the real world teamwork, stress management, uh, time management, prioritization, uh, even at the junior levels, making it all the way up to the senior levels, they're all very applicable. And I know some employers out there do recognize that. Mm-hmm. But again, it's all it's all based on character. Oh, 100%. And obviously, not everyone could do what you do, like you need to have a certain mindset. So what kind of like characteristic would you say is the most important? Um, when applying or wanting to be in this profession? I think it's the mental barrier. Um, I didn't think I could do this. Uh, You ask my parents, you could ask my sister, and I'm sure she'd love to roast me about it, but my first few weeks on basic training, I remember I called, when they gave us the few minutes to call home, yeah, I was calling my parents in a heartbeat, and they heard me break down a couple times. Uh, Even on my deployment to Eastern Europe, uh, two years ago, there were there was some moments where, you know, I had down and I I was down, but I think the biggest thing is mental barrier. Mm-hmm. You're there. You're not alone in it. Um, this is if this is what you want to do eventually. If you want to challenge yourself, like this is a a good stepping stone, and you're gonna learn more about yourself in the five weeks uh, than you would have in the last five years, right? So. Mm-hmm. I think it's just overcome digging down deep and overcome them overcoming that mental barrier. And in those moments when you are like feeling down out there, what would you say that you've done to like help you get through that? Having a strong support system is I think the biggest factor in all of that. I've had great friends throughout the years. I have my two best friends that have been through the win- the wins and losses. I've had even some solid gut boys that I've been uh, sticking with uh, messaging throughout my time to away from home. Mm -hmm. They've been nothing but a godsend, but having that strong support group, uh, whether it be girlfriend, boyfriend, family, friends, is absolutely huge. 
because they're the ones that keep you grounded and they're the ones that you keep in your mind as a motivation to get back home. Where would you say is the coolest place or most memorable memorable place that your job has taken you to? I think the definitely the most memorable place would be Romania when we were there when I was there on Opry Assurance. We did a gun camp, a multinational gun camp with the Marines, the U.S. Marines, and we were training other Eastern European militaries out there, showing uh, showing them what we do, how we do it. And just working with different nations and working with different people was something I could, I don't think I'll ever get get to that level, at least of an experience. Um, Yeah, we spoke different languages, had different skin color, wore, wore different uniforms, but the same goal was there and the human aspect of it uh, will be something I will never forget. Oh yeah, that sounds super cool. Have you ever used army survival training in real life? The basic winter warfare course I took, uh, that's something that helped me climatize to Alberta in general. So I'm not built for the winter here, but, uh, yeah, the, the biggest, I guess you could start on basic training, right? Just learning how to maintain, keep your like hygiene, basic hygiene, not to say that I was a creature before, but learning how to keep your stuff clean when you don't have those resources available to you, like a laundry machine or or a washer, yeah. Uh, learning how to maintain, like learning how to maintain your rifle, could lead to that attention to detail anywhere else in life. Like me being a big car guy, like I keep my car running immaculate. I keep dust off the dash for nice. all I care. Uh, keeping your uniform, like folding clothes, even small things like that. I find it the more rep the repetition. On course, eventually it just translates really smoothly. What would be your best piece of advice to someone who is just joining or wanting to apply? The best I would say, best advice I would give you is you sign the line, you show up day one on basic training, you're going to make friends there that you will maintain for the rest of your life. You're going to learn things about yourself that you never knew And throughout your career, saying you even deploy, you take your advanced uh, trades courses, you're going to learn skills that you won't learn in a normal workplace. That's not to say that this is the end-all be-all of it, but if you're wanting to challenge yourself and learn things that you never thought you could about yourself more so, this would be a good place to start. Love that. Thank you. So I got quite a few questions from social media, so (laughs) I'm excited to get into them. Some of them are a little funny, but... Great. All right. So the first one, do you believe in war? That's a heavy loaded question, I guess. (laughs) Do I believe in war? I told you. (laughs) In what regard, I guess? Was there any extra context to that or... I would say what they probably meant was like, do you believe in nations or people battling each other for a certain right or a particular outcome? I think, again, I, I, I don't know if I'll provide the right answer, the answer someone's hoping for on this. Obviously, we sign up to not only for a job and a paycheck, but to one day answer the call if it's needed. If that's the case... I believe in fighting, fighting for the person beside me. They're 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 in it with me. I'm in it, in it with them. If means them coming home, 
I'll fight. I'll fight for them. All right. Next one. And you don't have to answer if you don't want to, or you don't have to go into detail. But what is the most horrific thing that you've seen? I've been pretty fortunate uh, throughout my career to not come across anything too too horrific, I guess, if that's the term being used. Um, in Romania, when I was there, I noticed a couple uh, dead puppies on the side <laughs> of the road or dead dogs on the side of the road. I later found out that it was just... Um, that stray dogs, I guess, are not really valued as much as they are here. So I guess farmers tend to not take too kindly for them poaching their cattle. So that would probably be the most horrific thing I saw just because I own a dog. Yeah, that would absolutely kill me. Um, I have a question here. What is something you wished civilians would know? I think... They should all know that we're humans too, right? Um, we're not perfect beings. Uh, a lot of people I've served with are actually really educated, well-educated. I've met guys and girls that have PhDs, masters. They, sure, they've been asked why they're doing this and not something in their stream, but this, their their responses, this is what they wanted to do as a kid, right? So, mm-hmm. we're we're human beings. It's a job that has to be done, and it's something that, you know, just like anyone else that we would thrive in. All right. Um, What did you want to be when you were younger? All my life I was dreaming of wanting to be a cop like my grandpa. Um, He was a cop in Sri Lanka back in the day. Um, When I heard his stories of him fighting the Tamil Tigers, keeping uh, Sri Lankans safe from that terrorist group, it's always kind of been a motivation. So something in law enforcement or national like mm-hmm. protective services and something like that. So being a cop is a primary goal. I figured being in the military would be a good stepping stone. But the more I've been, the longer I've been in, and the more I learn about all these cooler, uh, specialized branches, I think I'm starting to sway my opinion here. <laughs> um. Someone wanted to know: Have you done cadets? Uh no, I've never done cadets. Uh. That was something I never even knew about as a kid, nor was it something as an interest. Again, I didn't know I was even going to do this till grade 11. Right, right. Do you ever feel like you get PTSD? Again, a a heavy loaded question. Uh, (laughs) Like stuff that'll keep me up at night or give me... Yeah, like stuff that has never left you. I mean, after courses, uh, fireworks go off. Sometimes, you know, I, I freak out. Not not freak out, I guess, but I'll, I'll, I'll flinch a little thinking it's training again. And, oh, good, we're getting, uh, we're getting fake attacked. But, no, I can't say anything. Nothing has affected me that badly. Well, that's good to hear then. Would you ever go back and fully deploy somewhere overseas? Oh uh, yeah, hundred percent. That's uh, that's why we do what we do, right? Uh, everybody wants. Everyone trains hard, works out hard, uh, fights hard just to get that opportunity of going overseas and doing what we signed up to do, right? So, hundred percent. Yeah, I'd like to. Nice. What is being on a mission really like? It's just. It's a weird. It's a. It's a weighted question. 
it's weird at first because you're in an environment that's not entirely familiar to you. Uh, you're so used to training at home and uh, your routine is completely is 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 very set in stone at home. And then when you deploy overseas, you're in a different environment with most people again that you haven't really worked with all too well. But you're all there for the same purpose. You all have a job to do. You just set personal differences aside as best you can over the span of however months you're there. And you just realize that there's a greater task at hand. For sure. Oh, this is an interesting one. Do you find that there is racism in the military? I had a worry at first. Um, I will not lie. Being a visible minority... Uh, coming into the military, especially being of brown skin after 9-11. I mean, let's not kid ourselves. There was plenty of stereotypes at that point. Uh, but they instilled that right off the bat on basic training. Um, we're all, we all wear the same uniform. We all bleed the same color, right? There's At the end of the day, you're fighting for the person beside you. It doesn't matter if they're purple, blue, black, or white. If you can't work as a team, you a lot more people are at risk and your actions have bigger repercussions. So I personally haven't experienced uh, much of that or any of that, to be honest with you. I've uh, been fortunate to have good people surround me. Oh, good. I'm happy to hear that. What's the one thing, the one main thing that you learned about yourself throughout your journey? That I am a lot stronger than I uh, thought I was mentally, at least. Um, Again, it's that mental barrier, right, that, uh, again, I thought, another, I guess another thing, too, is I thought I had it all in high school. I thought I was this perfect human, and I had enough skills to function in the real world, but then, yeah, day two of basic training really showed me that, what showed me what I lacked, um, what I needed to improve on and then as my career went on and the courses I took and the people I met and the places I went there was so much I there was a lot I lacked actually so just learning the world learning life experience learning uh, mental capacity um, how if you put your mind to it physical pain isn't really much of a thing more so it's a state of mind and you isolate yourself you isolate your mind from the pain and you could accomplish a lot more than you originally thought. Totally. And at 17, like looking back now, do you think that that was too young of an age to start? Like, would you give in yourself a bit more time if you could have? Me personally, no, because I like to think I was a high school diva. So me getting my ass kicked uh, early at 17 and put into shape, I think was super beneficial for me, not too early. Mm-hmm. Again, it, I think it depends on character and what and your life currently, like what you have going on for you. Uh, I've, I have I work with guys that have enrolled when they're 50 um, solely because, you know, life happened. They had, fam- they had families. They re- had those big jobs that required a lot of their time. This is something they've always wanted to do, but unfortunately, time just wasn't friendly for them. I've also had guys that enrolled, my good friends from university that have enrolled right after university, wishing they could have done it earlier. But again, life, relationships, all that uh, play a huge factor, right? But for me personally, I'm I'm happy I enrolled at 17. It uh, it hasn't hurt me yet. It's been It's been a good defining factor in my life. Next question. Have you ever passed out on your squad? 
think that mean like I'm gonna assume that's like when you're lined up with your squad. I remember on basic training, I did have a panic attack. In yeah, my but passing out. Uh, actually, overseas, uh, I had a, a a little bit of a a minor anxiety attack. I I didn't pass out per se. I just kind of. I just kind of lost a bit of consciousness um, for like a second. I just didn't know where I was for a bit, but yeah, uh, uh, yeah it was nothing too crazy. I woke up fine, didn't hit my head or nothing. Uh, how do you feel the Canadian Army training compares to other countries' military training? So I obviously have a huge bias because I think we're the best trained soldiers in the universe, personally. Um Again, just seeing it in uh, on Opry Assurance, working with those different nations, I think we have a very high standard of training. Uh, the biggest uh, difference that sets us apart from other nations, I think, is our overall is the overall training they give us. Uh, whereas, so I'm a vehicle tech by trade. Yes, I need to know how to fix vehicles. I need to know how to recover them on the battlefield. I need to know technical specs and all that jazz, but. I'm also tra- trained to be a soldier first before a tradesman, meaning I know how to use my rifle, I know how to use machine guns, I know how to use, I know how my field craft, I know grenades, ro- lo- rocket launchers. Um, I know how to be a, a soldier before being a tech, and I think uh, us constantly working on our soldier skills year in, year out, on top of being a tradesman, really helps separate ourselves when we're out in the field. And it's evident, I think, at least in my experience, uh, with working with National Guard in, uh, in South Dakota, our support uh, trades um, have that ability to hold themselves in the bush or in a co- quote-unquote combat scenario. All right, next question. Getting a little political here. In recent current events, how do you personally feel about the kneeling for anthem protests, particularly for police discrimination against minorities? Again, I'm no expert in this field by all means. And again, this is simply just a personal um, take on it. But I think the beauty of living in Canada or the Western world is we're given freedoms and liberties, right? Um as a soldier, I mean, we fight for freedom. We fight for our country's freedom and our nation's ability to voice that freedom. So, um, and have and people are allowed to have their opinions. So, if that's how individuals want to voice how they feel about those events, um, they're within their right to do so. I think uh, I, I'm not one to tell them tell people who, what they can or can't do. Again, I'm. I joined the military to serve Canada and protect its liber- liberties and freedoms. So if that's how people want to use it, that's that's their free will and they're, and they're within their right. Oh, definitely. Well said. Last question I have um, from social media, and this one's kind of funny. Have you ever encountered ghosts of fallen soldiers roaming the battlefields? <laughs> I uh, can't say that I have... Uh, experienced that again i've been lucky enough not to be in a combat setting again it's a really heavy loaded question and that's all i could say to that so no i guess would be my response to that i have not encountered (laughs) well now we know right 
All right, so tell us, how did you get the nickname Whiskey? Well, if you ever decide to look up my last name, which I'm sure is floating around somewhere, it is basically half the alphabet. So (laughs) when my instructors first uh, did the nominal roll call on BASIC, they had all sorts of trouble trying to pronounce my last name. I've heard everything from alphabet soup to... Uh, Wickerama Ding Dong to everything, everything under the sun. And so since in the military we use something called the phonetic alphabet, the original nickname I had was Whiskey 14. It'd be W and then the 14 letters after. And eventually I did not like sounding like a droid because I, I did not live a life of Star Wars. So I shortened it down to Whiskey and that is how most of my coworkers and former staff know me as. All right, Whiskey. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your personal journey. I know sometimes it's hard talking about, you know, your life experiences and answering these questions. So I really appreciate it and wish you the best of luck. Thank you. Thanks for having me.